So I was talking to the, my brothers, and uh, I said, uh, I kind of moved my homily around last night, and I moved it around this morning, and I just moved it around again. <laughs> so we're going to be wandering a little bit today. <laughs> In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, amen. So today we're going to emphasize the theme, the power of the cross, the path to a deeper relationship with Christ and found in our struggles. So if we understand the cross to be an opportunity to draw near to God, then it makes a lot of sense. If the cross is there to kind of endure it, like white-knuckle it, it becomes uh, obnoxious and not Christian. I'll say it, not Christian. God did not give us struggles in our life so that we just bear them. He gave us struggles in life that we might grow spiritually in them. It's very important to understand that because if we don't see that, then struggles become really a difficult thing. Um, so we celebrate this uh, cross. It's an interesting uh, time of the year. We're in the middle of the Feast of the Mother of God, which we'll touch on in a minute. Um, but we, the, the reading is the Sunday before the cross, then we have the exaltation of the cross, then we have the Sunday after the cross. So you see how important the cross is. It's emphasized three times in a week. So around the Feast of the Mother of God. So um, I thought I'd share this with you. Years and years ago, I was with Father Lawrence uh, Russell up in... Uh, Annunciation Church in Santa Maria, and he was preaching on uh, the Mother of God and the Lord. He brought up this uh, text from one of the saints, the interpretation of um, the account of the, the wedding of Cana of Galilee. You know, where the Lord is there, and they run out of wine, and uh, the, uh, the Mother of God says, they've run out of wine, you need to do something. And then he, she, he says these words that are, I think, not understood. Um, what does that have to do with me? It's really interpreted, what's it, what does that have to do with you and me? And this one saint, and I think this is so beautiful, interprets this moment as the, he said, Mother, you know what's going to happen if I do this miracle. It's going to begin. And you're going to see me suffer. You're going to see the pain. You're going to see me on the cross. You're going to see me die. You're going to have to bury me. Do you know what this means if I do this miracle? And the mother of God turns to the servants and says, do what he says. That's a beautiful moment. She, she at that moment says, I'm willing now. I'm ready to accept this cross. For three years, I'm going to travel with you, be with you, but at the end of those three years, I'm going to see you suffer, immersively suffer. And so he says, Mother, are you ready, Mom? Mom, are you ready for this? She says, yes, I am. So she, in the beginning of this, bears her cross right before the beginning of Christ's uh, three-year ministry. A very powerful moment, I think. To see that as, uh, as God really saying, Mom, you need to be ready for this. She says, I'm ready. Do what he says. 
So we have this great text uh, in uh, St. John, uh, and it's really interesting because this text is really a, uh, a beginning of a conversation with Nicodemus. We don't see that in there, but he's talking. Nicodemus comes to him and uh, says, um, let me get it so we can get this quickly here. Uh, 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 Nicodemus answered and said to him, how, how can these things be? The Lord is talking to him about uh, being born again. He says, unless you're born of the water and the spirit, uh, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom. And so um, Nicodemus goes, how can you be born again? So here's the conversation. Um, he says, are you a teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Most assuredly I say to you, will you speak what we know and testify what we have seen and you do not receive our witness? If I told you earthly things, you would not believe. How would you believe if I tell you heavenly things? But no one ascended, this is the text we have today, no one ascended to heaven but he who came down from heaven, that is the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Who believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So we see this text and, and uh, he makes this reference to being born again and then to coming into the world and the reference is centered on the, the, uh, his ascension onto the cross. This reference to Moses in the wilderness, this, the children of Israel being bitten by poisonous snakes and dying. And the Lord said, make an image of a serpent, put it on a stake and lift it high. And when the children of Israel look at the serpent, they will not be, they will not be affected by the poison. They will live. And he, said, and he makes that reference immediately to his being lifted up upon the cross. So, and then these, these famous words that we always hear, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son to believe in him, not perish, but have everlasting life. That's in the context of the cross. We, we just see that like, oh, God's so, God, yes, God is so good. God is so wonderful. But we see it in the context of, of the cross to see how important living in this world, understanding there's going to be suffering and struggle, and that we need to understand that in that suffering and struggle, we can find Christ on the cross. So, I wandered around there a little bit, but I said what I wanted to say. So, um, the path to a deeper relationship with Christ is found on the cross. So, St. Paul says, forbid that I should ex glory except in the cross of my Lord Jesus Christ. For in that cross, I gain victory. It's in his cross, I gain victory. Uh, and so, and this is our life. So when we come to points of struggle, it's immediately, Lord Jesus Christ, God, have mercy on me. I turn to him and uh, I bear him in me and he bears with me in this struggle, and there's an opportunity then for us to move forward in a glorious way. I'll get into that in a minute. Um, so, uh, he says, the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Dead, not, 
dead to the world, not to be overwhelmed by the affairs of this life, not, be to, not to be captivated or overcome by them, but we, in the power of the cross, we endure them to, to his glory and to our benefit. So, we have the good news and the bad news. Good news is that God is with us. The bad news or the difficult news is that we're going to suffer. Remember Father Hopko, who was here years ago? God bless him. His memory be eternal. Um, he said very clearly, there's no resurrection without crucifixion. There's no resurrection without crucifixion. We follow our Lord's path. He, taught, he showed us baptism. He showed us to suffer. He showed us to be resurrected. So we understand this. There's no resurrection without crucifixion. So we have to walk through life and understand the struggles are there for our benefit. So uh, let me help you here because I think this is, I was reading uh, th these texts um, weeks ago and came upon two important uh, texts, one from St. Maximus the Confessor and one from St. John, John Chrysostom. And how do we then engage suffering? When suffering comes to us, when we're afflicted, when we are, um, when temptations keep coming at us, how do we, what's, what's the goal of those things? Okay, these are really important because I think it helps us focus when these, these problems occur in our life. So, uh, first, uh, St. John Chrysostom. The affliction, the soul is purified when it's afflicted for Christ's sake. Purified how? Um, by enjoying, he says, by enjoying greater assistance from God. When you come to struggles, God is ready to help you. He's ready to engage with you. You know, we try other things, we do other stuff, but then when we understand that God is ready to in, engage us in this struggle against temptation, against affliction, that's a very powerful thing. He's ready. He's more ready then. When things get difficult, God is more present, more able to be present. So turn to him quickly. And in that, we acquire virtue. When we struggle uh, for, uh, in a difficult situation, we're acquiring virtue. So let me give you an example of that. Um, say we're struggling with a situation that creates anger in us. So, and we have to struggle with that. We struggle against that anger. And how do we defeat the anger? With forgiveness, with kindness, with gentleness, okay? So we have to acquire these virtues. We have to practice them. And what happens when the anger keeps beating at us? We have to practice more forgiveness, more, uh, 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 more kindness, more gentleness. What happens if he's coming? More gentleness, more kindness, more forgiveness. And what happens when you practice something over and over and over again? You get good at it. You get better at it. So when you are in a situation where you have to continue to practice a virtue, to overcome a vice, you're establishing that virtue. St. Maximus the Confessor says, when you establish that virtue, it becomes unalterable. 
unalterable. It can't move. It becomes, it becomes a more permanent place in your soul. So when we're struggling, when you're practicing these virtues and working them, they're being established deeply in you. You know, I was thinking about it, you know, an athlete or a musician. How many times do they have to do something to get good at it? And God knows we have to practice a lot of virtue to get good at it. So he gives us struggles and things in our life that put us in circumstances where those virtues become a necessity. So that can become first. And secondly, uh, it defeats pride. When we're in a struggle and we're just kind of feeling like we're down, okay? And it's hard. It gets harder and harder. Uh, it defeats pride. And it forces us to beg God to help us. You know, there's a, uh, a saying that I hear every once in a while. God, gives you, God never gives you more than you can bear. I disagree. More than you can bear by yourself, right? How many times have you been given something more than you can bear by yourself? Raise your hands, please. Everybody raise your hands, okay? So you get that. It's more than I can bear by me. God says, yes, because you need to humble yourself and ask me to help you. So it, it puts us in a situation where where we, we have to put ourselves aside and say, God, I cannot do this without your help. Please help me. I beg you, be with me. Be with me. You get on, get on, you get on your knees like the publican. Lord, have mercy on me. See, you see how beautiful it is sometimes when we're in these afflictions and difficulties, when we can turn to God deeply and find humility and find his presence there. It's so powerful. So don't run away from these struggles. Um, and then, then, uh, then uh, finally, I'll just end with this. Uh, to acquire patience. <laughs> that famous word, patience. Um, it's interesting because, you know, in, in dealing and talking with people, um, It's almost like, oh, don't tell me this is the virtue I have to acquire. Keep, I just, patience? You mean I got to keep doing this over and over again? Is this, this is like, so why patience? Why is it such an powerful thing? St. James is first in his, his epistle, first chapter. My brethren, count it all joy when you find yourself in various trials. Count it all joy knowing that testing your faith produces patience. And patience will and let patience have its perfect work. So you'll be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So what's patience do? It allows it to work you work in you perfectly so you'll be perfect, lacking nothing. That's a powerful thing. So when we're in the struggle, we have to keep going after stuff it becomes uh, difficult, and we keep kind of saying, Lord, when's this going to be over? But we have to patiently continue to endure it. Well, good things are happening in the soul when that's happening. So for us, I think that's really critical. And then these words, um, St. 
Paul in Romans about patience. Um, and not only that, we also glory, <laughs> it's always great, we also glory in tribulation. <laughs> Knowing that tribulation produces patience. And patience, character. And character, hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So we see that when we come to these places in life where we are asked to bear a cross, we can walk through these things with great anticipation that many good things are happening to us spiritually. You know, I remember talking to, I was talking to somebody the other day and they, they complained because I gave them, they came to me with a struggle. I said, you know, you're in a good place. <laughs> it's like, don't say that, Father. You're in a good place. I said, good, because you have a great opportunity now to mine. Your soul has a lot of mining to do now. It has an opportunity that we won't have without the struggle. The struggle goes away. You won't have this opportunity. So take advantage of the opportunity. So we are given crosses, beloved, by our, our loving God because he wants us to grow spiritually. And he's with us in these things. And our relationship with him can grow incredibly. So uh, thank our Lord Jesus Christ for being lifted up upon a cross for our salvation, that he would give us the power to uh, overcome temptations and the power to endure to his glory and to our benefit the afflictions that are bestowed upon us. For his glory, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.